Well, good morning, fellowship. Welcome to worship. Today is the sixth Sunday of the Easter season. It's a season when we especially focus on the truth that, friends, Christ is risen. Amen. And because Christ is risen, death does not have the final say. And we, too, have the promise of bodily resurrection. We are in the process of being made new, and that's what the focus of these seven weeks is in our worship series. Friends, no matter how you are showing up this morning, the risen Christ welcomes and invites you just as you are. We do not need to make ourselves new before we are loved and accepted by God. That's God's work, making us new. So whether you come with questions or confidence today, or whether you come tired and weary or refreshed and energized this morning, whether you have things to celebrate or losses that you are mourning, you are loved and welcomed by the risen King of the universe, Jesus Christ himself. That is good news. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's hear these words from Psalm 95 as we begin our time of worship. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks, they belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Would you stand and let's join our voices together.
Pray with me, please. Father in heaven, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. We give you thanks and praise for the good news of Jesus. We praise you, Lord, for your gracious, extravagant love for us and all creation. Because of your mighty power, the very stars stay in their places, and because of your patient, loving kindness, we get to call you Abba. You invite us to be partners with you to bring your good news to the world. We confess, Lord, that too often we ignore your invitation to go out, and we stay put where we are comfortable, spending time with people we know. Forgive us. We thank you, God, for all the ways that you are at work in our midst and in the world. Thank you for this season of Easter in which we celebrate Jesus' resurrection and remember that we too are being made new in Christ. Thank you for your promises that you will never leave us or forsake us and that you will give us all we need to do all you call us to. We thank you especially, Lord, for guiding our search process and leading us to Tierra, who will officially join us tomorrow. <laughs> Lord, when we think about all the problems in the world, we can easily become overwhelmed. But we know that nothing overwhelms you. We lift up all who are living through war, all who are hungry, especially babies and children and their parents who are trying to feed them. We lift up all leaders and all people who are making decisions. We ask, Lord, that you would give us courage to step out of our comfort zones and feet for the path you have for us. Help us to understand that our words and actions could be the answer to someone else's prayer. Give us boldness and joy in our identity as your beloved children. Join me in praying the words on the screen. Lord, open our eyes to see you in our midst. Open our ears to hear your voice. Lord, renew our minds to carry your truth. Lord, break our hearts to love like you love. Lord, move our feet to join in your kingdom work. Lord, open our mouths to sing your praise. Amen.
sisters and brothers in Christ, it is because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that we have peace with God and with each other. The peace of Christ be with you. I invite you to share a sign of that peace with your neighbor as you're comfortable. Welcome, everybody, to Fellowship Church. My name is Betsy Bruins. I am the Minister of Children and Families here at Fellowship. Just at first, a people announcement. Um, it didn't make it into the bulletin, but longtime member of Fellowship, Roy Vandenberg, has passed away. His visitation will be this Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. at Zogman Funeral Home in Grand Rapids. Um, the funeral will be on Wednesday of this week at 11 a.m., also at Zogman Funeral Home in Grand Rapids. If by chance you wanted to eat here at church today, you've got the chance to do it. So we have hamburgers and hot dogs, I believe, that are um, being prepared right now. We have a fundraiser that's going to be going on. There will be cornhole tournaments, bingo, food galore. Um, and they will be taking uh, free, will, free will offerings to go to the fundraiser for the middle school retreats and also the high school retreats and all of their mission trips. And another neat thing that's going to be out there, you'll see a big um, wall full of envelopes. And you can take one of the envelopes that's numbered with a number and you can give that much money back to the fundraiser. So you will see that probably either in the atrium or in the gym. So I'm hoping a lot of you can join us for the fundraiser today. Other exciting news, yes, Pastor Tierra is starting with us tomorrow in the office, and we thought, why not have her preach, right? So she's going to preach next Sunday, the 29th. We get her next Sunday, which will be exciting. Um, we will have a meet, greet, and eat in the atrium after both services. So it'll be a great time to kind of meet with her, chat, and get to know her a little bit better. Finally, I get to plug VBS a little bit, which was a great chance for me to do announcements. Perfect. Um, as of about a half hour ago, I still need about seven adult volunteers to help lead small groups of children around for VBS week, which is four days, June 13 to 16. Um, we would need you in the morning. Even if you could only do half a week, we could always plug you in with somebody else who could do half a week and we could make it work. Um, just, and this could be for grades, kids going into 11th grade and older can actually lead their own crew. We also still need student helpers too, grades sixth grade and up. So if kids are that age and want to help, that'd be awesome. I just want to remind you that quite often, I would say about a third of the kids that come to VBS are not members here. They might be members of another church. They might not even have another church home. So it's a great way for us to serve in that capacity. So please consider it. And all you need to do is go on the church website and sign up right there. And at this time, I would like to dismiss all the kids through fifth grade to their last Sunday school of the season. And while the kids are heading with Miss Betsy for Sunday school, 
Um, we're going to sing a song that you may have heard as you were coming in. We did it um, just at the beginning of worship. We also did it last week. Um, so we invite you to sing along as you are comfortable. Uh, these words are the greatest commandment. Um, I think you'll find that it gets stuck in your head. We will do it in a round. Um, and you're welcome to join me with the words on the screen when we break into that. Or if you feel really brave, join either side of our choir here. Shout out to our choir this morning, right? All right, let's sing together. God's word today. Would you please pray with me? Beloved God, you have brought us the gift of a new morning and breath in our lungs. 
Open our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear what you have to speak to us today. We pray all of this in the name of Christ. Amen. And now, friends, remember this portion, these two portions of the story of God as they are written in the book that we love. First, from Isaiah 52. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together, they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, ye, you ruins of Zion, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of the Lord. Depart. Depart. Go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Come out from it and be pure, you who carry the articles of the Lord's house. But you will not leave in haste, nor go in flight, for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. And here the second portion from Romans 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who believe in him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Morning. I'm Steve Bronius, Minister of Operations, and yeah, there's other things there too. And uh, it's Lots. just <laughs> it's Lots. Good, Lots. so good to be with you this morning. And also um, to be joining here with Pastors Ken Eric and Jim Barr, JB, as I'll be referring to you uh, as we go forward. Um, just, a quick, just a quick note, um, you may have noticed that Pastor Ross and Pastor Nate are both not with us today, and that is because they're both gone for some time of rest and renewal. Um, 
And that's uh, generously supported through uh, the Reformed Church in America who had a grant that was funded through the Lilly Endowment. And so uh, it's kind of a cool deal that they get to get away. This fully funded. It came out of a desire to help pastors have these times to renew, especially after the season of COVID and all the challenges of, that have been in ministry in that time. I, I also get one of those, did no, you? No. Oh, oh boy. Uh, we're getting off to a great start here. You got a sabbatical, uh, though. <laughs> 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 and, and so we give thanks for them to have that time away. And we also um, recognize that it's also a, a great time for them to be preparing for this next time of shared leadership, as you heard with Pastor Tierra joining us this coming week. And, um, and I see them as three pastors that are joining together to operate as one. And so this is kind of a next chapter for Fellowship mm -hmm. Church. Um, to get started, I would love if, uh, Ken, if you wouldn't mind introducing JB. I know you guys worked together for many years. And then JB, if you could introduce Ken. Okay, so in case you didn't know, this is the Right Reverend, Most Holy, James Barr IV. <laughs> Affectionately known as JB by most of us for a lot of reasons, for a lot of years. JB has been a, a, a pastor here in one way or another, shape or form, at Fellowship for 40 plus years, which is an amazing thing. And of all the many things I could say about JB, I will simply say two of them this morning. One is if you looked in the dictionary for the definition of pastor, you'd find Jim Barr's picture there. Thank you. He is the, he did this before, he's the embodiment of what it means to be a pastor, right? In all kinds of ways. You've all experienced that. <laughs> That's all part of it. And it started, he was a pastor youth for years and a pastor just never quit being a pastor here in, in every kind of way. The other thing that I would certainly say is that for the 15 years that we shared ministry together, no one, absolutely no one, could ask for a better partner in ministry. And he was, it was great. Thank you. Thank you. This is the Reverend Dr. <laughs> Kenneth Wayne Erickson. <laughs> Not a lot of people, I think, know that he is a doctor. And he received his doctorate shortly after he came to Fellowship Church from Princeton Seminary. So he's an Ivy Leaguer. <laughs> um, but Ken brought many wonderful things to the life of Fellowship Church in the area of worship and preaching, and also brought some organizational and structure kind of to the life and ministry of Fellowship Church. And we did have a wonderful uh, 15 years together. Our children were raised in this church. Uh, you were very good to the PK kids. Yeah. And uh, it was a wonderful blessing to be able to be here for all, for all of that time together. And one of the things I've just loved so much is that uh, both of you had that time of formal leading at fellowship, but you also both continue to be actively engaged here and serving in so many beautiful ways. And uh, it's such a gift. And I personally just am so grateful and thankful to each of you because you both in your own ways have been an incredible encouragement to me. You also challenged me, and every once in a while, there's a painful correction there that I received. <laughs> well, I hope it wasn't too painful. <laughs> Pretty so rare. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for that, for the, uh, the wisdom you bring. Um, so this morning, we've been hearing this passage uh, from Isaiah, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. And uh, that, that made us in this Made New series call today's time Beautiful Feet. And I was curious, you guys, when you heard we were here for beautiful feet, what you were thinking. Well, 
I will tell you one thing, if you ask Barb if I had beautiful feet, the answer would be absolutely not. <laughs> but something goes along with becoming an old white man. And what happens to your toenails and all that kind of stuff. None of us very pretty. None of us very pretty. And she would also say, maybe not beautiful feet, but nervous feet. So I'm trying to keep my feet still up here this morning, which doesn't always happen either. However, I hope it's beautiful feet in the best sense of that word, that much as the congregation does, that, that JB and I both together are people who bring the good news, the love of God out in the world in many, many different ways. And we would hope that we'd be the, the beautiful hands and feet of Jesus in all kinds of ways. And I hope in some small way we've both been able to do that. I've never been told that I have beautiful feet. <laughs> I have been told that my legs are my best feature. <laughs> I'm not going to show them to you right now. It is a wonderful thing uh, to be able to have people acknowledge and appreciate and uh, give thanksgiving for some of the impressions that you've made along the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been a wonderful thing to be able to do that with this congregation. And in preparation, that pedicure we got together yesterday yeah. was awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of beautiful feet, uh, Ken, one of the ways that uh, fellowship shares every Sunday is we share this mission statement uh, that normally we've said at some point out loud together, even prior to this point in the service. Yeah. And I was curious, as we think about that mission statement, uh, where did it come from? It's this thing of loving God and others as an accepting community. Yeah. So w one of the things that I felt called to in my first year as a pastor here and that the consistory really helped me with a lot was they helped me, they formed a team for me in many ways to uh, try to articulate what was always true about fellowship but to say it in a, in a clear way. What's the mission of this congregation? It had been lived for a long time already. That team did a lot of work, did a lot of listening in the course of almost an entire year and, and very quickly, as we listened to the congregation, the stories of the congregation, as we remembered why this congregation was founded in the first place, this church was placed on the north side of Holland because there were many, many people moving into Holland at that time who were outsiders in lots of ways. And they didn't, there were other parts of Holland that they felt, well, we're not Dutch and we don't fit in and all that kind of stuff, right? And this was a place where folks who felt that way uh, were moving into town. And then West Ottawa schools were exploding. This church was planted specifically to be an open, welcoming, accepting place to people who are new to this community and needed a place to belong. So early on, early on, that team that met centered in on a couple phrases, most of all that we were going to be an accepting community, a community of grace focused in, in Jesus Christ. And so the, the first form of the mission statement that was adopted after that year of work was to be an accepting community centered in Christ focused on people. That was not bad, right? It's memorable, short. And then a number of years later, our ministry leadership council, in revisiting that mission statement, also thought it could help to sharpen it a little bit more if we could preface it by the great commandment, which is, so love God and others. We sang that a bunch of times this morning, didn't we, Just To love God and others as an accepting community centered in Christ, and then the Great Commission at the other end of it, focused on developing faithful followers of Jesus. So that's what it is, and it's been that way now for 25-plus years in that form, and we're going to say it together on the, from on the screen right now. Our mission, mission is, is to love God, God and others as an accepting community, community centered in Christ, focused on developing faithful followers of Jesus. Thanks, Ken. And JB, you've seen us live into that mission over 40 plus years. 
and uh, even before we named that as a mission. Yeah. And uh, I was curious, I, I've seen some new faces here this morning, and since you've been here for um, that extended period of time, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what, what folks should know about this place, these people. Um, I think churches tend to have a personality. Uh, some churches have a personality that's kind of stiff and stodgy and serious. And uh, almost sometimes in those kind of churches, you almost have to feel bad. And if you don't feel bad, you know, you, know, you didn't go to church. <laughs> um, other churches that I've known about have kind of a personality where they're kind of the guardians of the, the ministers and the staff. And to be honest with you, sometimes they're quite hard on the staff and the ministers in, in some places. But this congregation has a very unique and different and very special personality. Accepting is the word that's in the mission statement. Uh, gracious is another word that I would use. Uh, warm is another word that I would use. Uh, and maybe the best way to describe that personality is to, is to talk for a minute about something that you do over and over again. Uh, for as, almost as long as I've been around, this church has been a teaching church through Western Seminary. And I wouldn't be able to guess how many young people uh, and middle-aged people and older people who have gone into ministry have been here and tried to exercise their gifts, and you have graciously and warmly received them and helped them grow and develop in, in the ministry to which God has called them. And that example, I think, is a wonderful picture of the personality yeah. of this congregation, Amen. which I hope goes on for as long until the Lord comes back to, in power and glory to make us all new. Hmm. Thanks. So you've talked about the personality of fellowship. I, I wonder um, maybe a favorite memory you have of fellowship where we've lived that out. There are many, and I will say one that was real, well after my days when I was serving as a pastor here and had the delight of being a part of this congregation and in, in, in other ways to serve. What I have in mind, and some of you were here on the Sunday when we transitioned from the former sanctuary, which is now our wonderful youth center, to this worship space. And in a, in a wonderfully designed morning uh, that day, we had a number of people just allowed, they were spoke out loud and they read and they had submitted ideas and they, they remembered all the things that God had done in and through the people of fellowship and to the people of fellowship in that former sanctuary. Baptisms that were celebrated, marriages that were celebrated, funerals that were, that were commemorated, all of that in that space. And we named it and said, surely God has been good to us and God has been in this place. And then as a whole community, we walked from there to here. And we said, God has gone ahead of us, and God will be with us here, and God will be with us in the future. And what that said to me then, and what it continues to say to me now, is that we absolutely are, will celebrate all that God has done and been to us in our past, and it's all good. And we will not be tied to that past because we will lean into the future that God has for us as well. And we will do that with joy, knowing that God who was with us then will be with us now. And that was just a great morning. Special day. Yeah. Um, a couple of things that I think about that always bring me uh, great joy 
are, are two events that happen almost every year. Well, they do happen every year for, for quite some time now. Betsy made an announcement about Bible school coming up. I reminded her this morning that when I first came here, I was the one asking for volunteers <laughs> to come and help with Bible school. But if you ever come around when Bible school is going on, you will see a, a beautiful picture of the nature of this church. There are more people working at Bible school, it seems to me often, than there are kids who are here. And it's a wonderful thing that the people of God rally and are present in, in that time to care and love on the children who show up for that. The other one is at Christmas time, before Christmas, when Karen Donker does uh, the Kids Hope Christmas Store. Many of you make uh, contributions to that, but the part about it that's so exciting to me is when you come on the day that the people come to shop for their Christmas gifts, once again, there are more people here who are serving those who are coming than are actually, uh, actually number the people who come to be served. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see God's people uh, present at times like that, to show God's love and grace and mercy to other people. Well, you know, we can't just stay with the, all the good memories. Yeah. We do oh, have to think about some of the challenging you sure times. You can't, wait, I just stay with the good. That <laughs> yeah, because we recognize uh, in those challenging times, we, we grow through those. And um, Ken, I've heard you say time and again, um, God loves us just the way we are and loves us too much to leave us that <laughs> way. And I wonder about a time where either um, you've had, seen us as a church have a challenging time or maybe in your leadership here at uh, where it's been a challenging time, where maybe you even stubbed your toe, you know, the feet thing that, see, it wasn't that, yeah. it wasn't that funny. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll let you guys rescue me. There you go, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess one of, uh, a time, and again, of many, that I could choose where I stubbed my toe and my feet were not very beautiful at all. Uh, probably, I don't know, th third or fourth year that I was here after we had done some work on our mission statement and we had named our values pretty clearly and we were starting to dream about the future, we worked with a consultant from Hope College who helped us develop a strategic plan and it was, it was, a, it was a good planning process and we had about 100 people from our congregation involved in seven different task forces and many, many good things came out of that strategic plan and it seemed as though God had given us a, a, an important direction to go and there was a lot of energy around that plan and where, what we thought God wanted to do in and through fellowship in the years ahead. And one of the things that happened is that uh, uh, our, many people in our leadership, and I was certainly among them, said, I don't know if our facility is the right facility for us to achieve the plan that God has for us. And we made, it, we made a shift and we started thinking about what at that time was called, is in the mid-90s, and we called it Vision 2000, what God wanted to have happening here in, our, in these facilities by the year 2000. And we, we worked hard. And we, as humans, planned well, and we weren't at that campaign hard. And we probably did not listen either to God or to some, some of the important voices in this congregation very well during that time. And we ran that campaign all the way to the end. We had a big celebration banquet, and what we ended up celebrating was that God was good, and we fell quite a bit short of the target that we had in that campaign. For me, I, I had to hear, and others of us in leadership had to hear, God loves us just the way we are, and God leaves us too, loves us too much to leave us that way. 
And for me, it meant standing up in front of the congregation at a congregational meeting, say, here's what is so. I confess to you, and leaders can use their own voice, I confess to you that I got ahead of the people of this congregation, I got ahead of God, and here's what happened as a result. So I will say that, and I'll ask your forgiveness for that, and God blessed us with about a million dollars at that time, and we want to use that money well, and we did building around this, around this building that was really good. Spaces now, our children's ministry, our new nursery, that atrium, that all came to be out of that campaign anyway which was really, really special. And finally, when it was God's time, with a whole different leadership team in place, this building, this sanctuary came into being. And we learned always that God's timing is way better than our timing. God's wisdom is far better than our wisdom. You know, actually, we have to say we tried twice. <laughs> okay. We tried that twice, and we didn't quite yeah. make what we wanted to yeah. make or thought we should make. But you tried twice, but I tried three times. <laughs> I tried once with Ken Reinen, yeah. too. And we had the similar situation of maybe not uh, arriving at the kind of goals that we had set. But I'm so thankful that we're sitting where we are today. And I'm so thankful for what a wonderful blessing this yeah, facility amen. is in the life of this congregation. A uh, couple of things that I would talk about. Uh, one happened shortly after I came to Fellowship Church. There were two young families who were members of this church. Uh, the top family and, uh, no, I'm not coming up. Gary Brewer. Gary Brewer, yes. And both of those families had, uh, young families had a parent who was struggling with cancer, Clara Top and Gary Brewer. And they were very much a part of the life of this congregation. And I remember taking Gary to radiation and visiting Clara in the hospital in, in Muskegon, the Hackley Hospital. But both of them, after a long struggle, died. And shortly after they died, I was diagnosed with cancer. And that was a very scary and frightening time in my life. But this congregation rallied around me just as they did around those folks who went to be with the Lord and it was a very significant time, I believe, in my development in terms of pastoral care and uh, those kinds of uh, energies and activities. And I think it was also a very important time in the formation of the congregation about rallying around people when they find themselves in some difficult and, and trying times. The second thing would be something that happened later on in my ministry. A woman came to me, she's no longer here, she's gone on to be with the Lord. And she said, Jim, I think you're getting a little stale. <laughs> and she was feeling a little bit like I was cruising a little bit at that point in my ministry. And she was right. And that kind of prompted me uh, to become involved in Stephen ministry. Dave Farabee and Sally, his wife, went to, to Baltimore with me and we trained for two weeks and brought the Stephen ministry program back here to fellowship. And that was a, another, another step forward in the whole caring kind of ministry that's been such an important part of our life and ministry. But it didn't always come easy. It came through some struggles. And the promise is that no matter where we are, no matter what's happening to us, God can redeem that situation. And he will redeem that situation. Um, 
Thanks both for sharing those things that were hard. And uh, one of the things, Ken, you mentioned earlier, being in the former sanctuary, and for folks that don't know, our former sanctuary is now the East Room and Youth Center. Yep. And I was actually in there the other day pulling some chairs out of a closet and saw, once again, our cornerstone for that building in the closet. And uh, <laughs> that, that cornerstone has the verse from 1 John 1, verse 3. Uh, it says, we declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Um, JB, can you talk a little bit about what brought that verse about for our congregation? Uh, I'm not exactly sure how the verse came. There was a, a member of uh, the uh, Van... Uh, oh, Vanderkoy. Vanderkoy family, who, uh, the daughter of, yeah. of Bud and Dory Vanderkoy, who came up with the name, and I, I don't know for sure how the verse was chosen, but it's certainly a very, very important one. The things that we have seen and heard, we share with you so that you will join with us in the fellowship that we have with the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's a little verse that kind of follows it that says, so that our joy may be doubled. Mm -hmm. uh, joy is an important part of that. And joy, I think, has always been a, an important part of our, our life together and uh, the inviting nature of yeah. this congregation has been very, very exceptional, I think. Yeah. And, and so we've taken some time today to look to the past and uh, as, as we prepare for our future, and I wonder what advice or hope you would have as we enter this next chapter of fellowship. Okay. So what's one of the things that's been true about fellowship for many years is you've often called young pastors who didn't yet know what they were doing <laughs> and you and you let pastors grow into this role over and over and over again you let us you encouraged us you corrected us you drew out the best in us in every sense of that word in in all kinds of ways and i think anyone who's ever been a pastor here would say that this is a congregation that helped them become better than they really thought they could be before because of how you embrace them. I remember the first couple times I stood in front of the congregation and preached in, in the old sanctuary, and there was, just, there was just something about kind of an expectancy that was there among you, uh, an openness to the Word of God that uh, was, was a very special gift. And I would hope and pray that uh, as we enter into this new season and Tierra begins this week and preaches here, she preached here before on our candidate Sunday, but now preaches here as one of our pastors next Sunday. And as, as Ross and Nate and Tierra together form a, a new pastoral leadership team, and they together lead this amazing staff into, into, into the future together, that you will give them the same grace and acceptance uh, along the way that you've extended to every one of us, JB and myself included. And I'll add, I'll add one other thing that I also hope will always be true for us going forward. Um, we, one of the great gifts of, of this congregation is that we not, we not only accept, we actually kind of encourage us to, to be aware of our differences, our differences of opinion, our differences of I, our ideas. Mm. And you know what? Differences are inevitable. Division or unity, that's a decision. This congregation has said we love those differences. They make us richer, they make us better, and we make a decision for unity. Unity in Christ, unity in mission. And I pray that you, that will always be true for us as well as this new chapter begins. 
I would say amen to all of that, and I would ask you to pray specifically for Tierra and Ross and Nate as they work together. Uh, They have some defined roles and responsibilities, but it's a very unique situation to have three individuals have equal responsibility within a church, Uh, and, and that's unique to this place that you would allow that to happen and allow it to bless you, and I trust and pray that it will and be prepared to adjust to some changes that might even happen yep. as we move down, down the road together. Yep. Well, in a moment, I'm going to ask you both to, uh, to do a prayer. Um, before that, I just want to personally say thank you to both of you. Um, thank you for who you are, who you've been, your beautiful feet, <laughs> and the way you challenge us to live with beautiful feet. I'm going to pray about the past, and Ken is going to pray about the future, okay? Lord, we thank you for all of the feet that have gone before us. We thank you for people who had a vision about an additional and a new church on the north side of Holland. We thank you for the way you have promised that your spirit will build your church And we have seen that in various obvious ways in the history and the life and ministry of this congregation. We thank you for elders and deacons and congregational members who have lent their financial support and for youth leaders and teachers in Sunday school and catechism in many different adult areas. We're grateful for each and every one who has shared life in this place. And we thank you for the heritage that they have established And we pray that you will help us in the days ahead to continue that in good and positive ways led by your Spirit. And Lord, as you lead us into your future, we we do thank you for all that you've done for us in our past. And we thank you that because of that past, as as we remember, we look forward in hope, in expectation, in joy for what you are going to do in us and among us in the season that is to come. I pray that you will bless Tierra and Ross and Nate as they come together as a new pastoral leadership team here, that you will bless the entire ministry team and all of its configurations, that that they will be one as you are one and work together toward the future as you reveal it to them. And I pray, Lord, that in this next season, as it unfolds and as we listen to your Holy Spirit and follow you, that you will be able to do, once that you will once again do all way beyond anything we could ever ask or imagine. We pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, as Ross and Steve and I sat with Ken and JB and kind of brainstormed about what this time might be and got to hear some of their stories Um, Ken said, Jess, what are you hearing? And I said, I'm hearing themes of unity in diversity and this communion that is centered around Christ um, just coming out in these stories. And so I thought as we go from this place that our closing song would be one in which we ask the Holy Spirit to maintain that union and communion we have with each other and with God. And so I invite you to stand and let's sing together.
And now as we go from this place, the benediction will be given from one side of the sanctuary to the other. Those of you who are joining us in line, we invite online, we enjoy, uh, words, we invite you (laughs) to extend a hand even towards your screen. So if you've forgotten how we did this during Lent, you two sides face each other. This side, you sing with us. This side, you sing with them. Does that check out? Okay, (laughs) let's do it. (laughs) 